Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. We did things a little bit differently this week for Team List Tuesday. We actually recorded the Team List episode live at 4 o'clock when teams were released. So what we're going to do is release the unedited footage from that live stream and then we'll do a Q&A through our Instagram and release that tomorrow. So you'll get two episodes for the price of one this week. Uh, hope you enjoy and we'll talk to you again soon. Welcome, everyone. Um, doing things a bit differently now that we've got Teamless Tuesday coming up, but I've got Josh on the line with me. Josh, mate, are you keen or what? Teamless Tuesday. Let's go. Teamless. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Daniel. Uh, Teamless Tuesday. It's upon us. Yeah. Ready for this, mate. This will be good. Oh, and I can see um, see your mug there on the screen. So we're finally giving the fans uh, what they want to see, you know, the man Absolutely. behind their faith. Yeah, I thought, look, I thought it would be just a bit of fun, try something a little bit different. I was contemplating doing Instagram live stream like we did. I did it last time with a couple other boys from a different podcast channel as well. But I thought this would be a bit more fun, a bit more personal. Plus, we can go through all the teams as they come out as well in a couple minutes time. But, mate, I am very keen. And, oh, would you look at that? We actually have the team list coming through now. What are you, what are you expecting before I do click on it? Um, what are you expecting to come through with some of these teams? Look, hopefully some good cheapies. Hopefully, everything we said in the preseason isn't just kind of thrown out the window. Yeah. Um, I don't know, mate. Get stuck in. Yeah, I've got a feeling we're not going to see, like, Hines. And obviously, Thompson went down today. There's going to be a couple of players that are probably going to be left out. But will be pretty interesting viewing, I think. So let's get stuck straight into it with the first game on the Thursday night with Parramatta taking on the Storm. I might just go through Parramatta's team to start and then we'll move on to the Storm as well afterwards. So, oh, I already see something I like. <laughs> time right, to party. With... What's that? I said it's time to party. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time since we've seen him in a starting back row position as well. So <laughs> for Parramatta, 1-2-17. We've got Clint Gutherson starting at fullback, Mike Acevo and Bailey Simonson starting on the wing with Will Panasini and Wanga Blake in the centres. Uh, Dylan Brown at uh, 5'8 with Mitch Moses at halfback. In the front row, we've got Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo. At hooker, Josh Hodgson. In the back row, we have Bryce Cartwright and Matt Dury. And Jermaine Hopgood at lock. On the bench, we have Jeremiah Mamasia, Jack Murchie, Weramu Gregg, and Maka Hesse Makatoa. Mate, we got two pretty good cheapies. Obviously, Hopgood, we already knew he was going to be an excellent player this year. But two pretty good cheapies in the second row there uh, with Bryce Cartwright and Matt Dury. Yeah, how good the the Cardi party back in second row. I'm sitting here looking at my screen trying to trade him in in our draft league right now, really considering <laughs> of it. Of course you are, of course. But uh, hmm, I don't know. But yeah, take me back about how many years when Bryce Cartwright had that unreal season for the for the Panthers. So it's pretty interesting if he goes for right the first bit, and then you know Maddo coming back. Who knows what's going to happen with that, but exciting. Yeah, so I think Matt Dury, he has an ankle injury at the moment. Obviously, coming into this round, he has been named, but he did have that like little bit of an ankle injury coming in in the first place. So most likely, Cartwright gets a decent amount of time here. You see Momosia and Murchie on the bench. 
um, which will probably take some minutes off them. But if if Cartwright and Dury don't turn out as good players, you've still got Jermaine Hopgood there that is demanding pretty big minutes, I think, uh, with this bench. I was expecting someone to be there for Josh Hodgson as well, which we don't have. So Hodgson, is there a potential that he gets 80 minutes at hooker for round one? That's also true. So maybe it's good that I didn't trade Josh Hodgson out for the Cardi party. Um, Josh Hodgson playing 80 might be good for, for draft. But yeah, I'm not really sure about, you're the Parramatta supporter here, mate. You'll probably know a bit more about Wiramu Grieg. Um, yeah. But I know the others, that uh, you wouldn't think they rotate in the in the hooking position. And uh, I don't know, there's not really any of... Like, you know, they don't have a, a Victor Radley or someone like that in this yeah. team that plays any time hooker. So, yeah, I reckon a good chance he does. Yeah, also, for everyone that's watching, if you have any questions as we go through these, just chuck them straight into the chat. We'll go through them um, as we go through each team as well. I think, yeah, so Momosia and Murchie, they're back rower rotation players most likely. And Wiramu, Greg, and Makatoa are probably front row rotations. Makatoa has played lock before, but... I don't think he's going to take that many minutes off Hopgood. Hopgood is a must-have, by the way. Like, if you don't have Hopgood in your team, you're doing something wrong this year because he's going to come out and he's going to score huge scores from round one. I think Sean Lane is back in six to eight weeks, so he'll take one of the back row spots. And Madison, he'll be back in four. So at some point, Hopgood will lose a bit of time. But, like, surely Bryce Cartwright or Matt Dury and Matt Dury potentially should make some cash from the start. They're both 250K, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I was just checking that. I didn't realize Cartwright was that cheap. That's that's going to be a really interesting decision now for people as well to be kind of flipping a coin between Dury and Cartwright potentially for one of those spots. It's been kind of all all talk during the off season about about Dury, but uh, yeah, Bryce Cartwright. We've seen how good he can be. So yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I think I've just put up fantasy as well on the screen so we can kind of go through it. This is our fan team currently. We're still pending some changes, obviously, with team lists, but we'll go through that eventually. Um, yeah, I, I've just got I've got a feeling that Cartwright probably... I mean, remember when Cartwright was back at the Panthers and he was playing 80 minutes on an edge? He was scoring 60s and 70s for fun. I've just... I feel like he's probably a must-have. And the question from Jeffrey in the chat there about Dury or Cartwright, I think Cartwright's probably the better player to pick up out of those two. What do you think? Yeah, I guess this is where I'd have to kind of have a little look back into his stats and I guess probably more his, his recent history as well. But yeah, at 250k, Bryce Cartwright, that seems like you almost got to do it, right? Yeah, that's criminal. I think Cartwright and <laughs> Hopgood from this these um these cheap forwards for Parramatta are pretty much shoe-ins, I'm pretty sure. I've got a feeling that most people will probably pick up Cartwright and his his ownership will skyrocket in the next couple of days leading up to the first game on Thursday night for sure. Yeah, um, just, I, think, I guess yeah. on that as well, I don't think it's crazy to do both of them, potentially depending on yeah. how we look for the rest of these team lists. So could both yeah. make 150K in the first six weeks before one of them gets taken over by Lane. So Yeah, I think I think you're you're right there. You could have all three you know, 11 to 13 in Parramatta squad, to be honest. Um, they'll, they'll be making plenty of tackles and should get enough minutes. I wonder how Murchie and Momosia are going to fit into this team. They might take some minutes from them, but I still think that there's good value there for sure. I think I'm probably going to start with Cartwright and Hopgood 
I'm, I'm a bit questionable about Dury just because of the ankle injury. But, yeah, like you said, he could potentially get minutes. But, um, yeah, one to, one to keep an eye on to start round one, I think. You could, probably, you could probably wait a week on them and see which one's the best one to pick up because, yes, they will increase in cash from, from round one to round two. But by the time round two comes around, you kind of eliminate that risk and you know what kind of minutes they're going to get. So then you can just pick up whoever you want. It means you've got to save a bit of cash for them. But because we've got more trades, you can kind of do that play, I think, from round two. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. And I guess it depends how many cheapies. This is first team list and the, the fantasy guys have given us some unexpected uh, goodness. So hopefully it's a trend that continues. Yeah, hopefully. Um, let's move on to the Storm now. I think we we already know who we're targeting at Parramatta. Uh, for the Storm, at fullback, we have Nick Meany filling in for Pappenhaus until he comes back from his knee injury. Uh, on the wing, we have Will Warbrick, uh, another cheapie there, and Xavier Coates. Uh, in the centres, Remus Smith and Young Tonomapia. In the front row, we have Nelson Asofa Solomona and Christian Welch. At hooker, Harry Grant. In the back row, Trent Liero and Eliasa Katoa. And at lock, Josh King. On the bench, Tyron Wishett. Wish it, Alec McDonald, Chris Lewis, and Jordan Grant. Pretty, pretty standard Storm team that we're going to be seeing. Um, and obviously, because of the news of Iramia doing his um, his ACL, Will Warbrick gets his um, debut game in the Storm team here. Do you think he's a must-have cheapie? Yeah, I think he's pretty close. Um, it's been a lot of raps on him. I think he's apparently quite a big build, similar to kind of. You think of the guys like Unavalu who have been really good at the Storm over previous seasons. He's kind of got that same build, it seems. So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm keen to see what he does. He Storm, we expect him to score heaps of tries, so he should make some kind of money. And you predict at some point he's going to have a two, three try game and kind of hopefully really skyrocket in price. Yeah, I think we were thinking the same about Xavier Coates as well last year, which did happen eventually. He did get that big try-scoring game where he scored 60-plus, but I think Warbrick is more more tackle-busting winger, like big runs um, from the... Like once the once the kick out from the end of the set of six, what's it called? A kick return from the end of the set of six. Yeah. Um, he's that kind of player like your Brian Tottos that's running a back big, big winger that's going to be making plenty of meters and tackle busts from those kick returns. So honestly, another cheapie that I'm probably going to be putting into the squad somewhere. Yeah, I agree. And one that I'm a little bit interested, I guess I didn't really think about him through this team list is young Tottenham I don't even can't find his price on fantasy. I'm searching for it, but he might not even be in the game at the moment. So yeah. that was I've a little bit unexpected for me as well. Yeah. I've got a feeling he's not in there at the moment. I mean, there's a bunch of players that aren't like, Young Tonomapia, obviously one. Matt Lodge is another. Um, who was I searching for? Uh, Farmanu Brown as well. Like, there's a lot of those bench players that haven't been put in. I expect he'll be put in by the end of this week before the first round, most likely. But we'll see. Yeah, for sure. He'll be basically. Yeah, he right might front. be another one. Yeah, yeah, he might be another pretty cheap one. So I remember him being either. a decent scorer as well from center, um, Young Tonomapia. So, might be one to look at the stats for and see if he can replicate that. Again, especially if he's got a center spot. I don't think there's anyone who's who else had that center spot. I guess it's um Seve and Justin Olam. Yeah. yeah, injured. Well, he should have that for at least a couple of weeks. I'm not sure what the what the injury period for Olam is at the moment, but he's obviously going to come straight back into the team once he's fit. Righto. Yeah, most 
Okay, I'm not going to uh, I guess through, the other. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say the other thing that kind of looks interesting. We've been talking about it a little bit, but the second row is here for the Storm as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I know Tarek Sims. I guess he, he's coming back from groin, I want to say, um, yeah. or some kind of niggle. So you've got Liero and Katoa there that are both, I think they kind of range between the, around the, Katoa's 448, and I think Liero is a little bit cheaper than that. So they're also ones that are pretty interesting to me. They're similar to that kind of Luke Garner price as well. So we'll see how he goes and if he gets his spot. But other potential options, I think, as well for, for the Storm there and should be, should be getting 80 minutes. The Storm likes to play at their back row is 80 minutes traditionally. So, yeah, I like the sign about them. Yeah, I was just having a look at their bench players. Like Chris Lewis, he's not in the game at the moment, but he normally rotates through the back row. Alec McDonald's a front rower. Jordan Grant, I just checked, is a front rower as well. So there is a back rower there in Chris Lewis that could rotate um, a little bit, but I, I still think that they're getting at least 60 minutes each. Liero and Katoa. Who would you choose? If you could only choose between Katoa or Liero, who would you be going for? I would be going Katoa just because yeah. he's got that upside. We saw him a couple of years back and he's you know got an offload, got a nice try, and the trial's kind of off a broken play. So, yeah, quite like I think Katoa is the pick of the two, but Liero is a pretty good pick as well. In you know, potentially other years where we were staffs of cheapies, he would have been a shoe in. Probably for us, he's young. Uh, they really rate him, so he's by no means a bad pick either, I think. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think Liero is still a good pick, but I'd probably go with Katoa to start. Even Josh King might have some potential upside again this year um, with extra minutes uh, in this team, but I wouldn't be going on him from round one. I'd give him a couple of weeks just to suss him out first before going anywhere near him. Yeah, for sure. But let's move on to a different team because we've kind of been yarning on about the Parramatta <laughs> team and the Storm for a while. Um, so moving on to the Warriors team, another interesting one. Uh, at fullback, we have CNK. On the wings, we have Dalma Tenez-Zelezniak and Marcelo Montoya. In the centres, Braden Williame and Adam Pompey. Uh, in the halves, Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson. In the front row, Adam Fanua-Blake and Mitch Barnett. At hooker, Wade Egan. In the back row, Jackson Ford, Murata Niakore, and at lock, Tohu Harris. On the bench, Dylan Walker, Bunty Afoa, Josh Curran, and Tom Arle. Tamari Martin obviously gets that 5-8 um, spot with uh, Luke Metcalf currently injured. Do you see any value in Tamari Martin? I know we've talked about him a lot, but I feel like we just need to say what we, what we feel about him going into this season again. Yeah, it's. I think he's more interesting at half than he was at fullback. I think we saw last year when he was at the Broncos. He didn't really have the base stats we like to see from a winger fullback. Um, yeah, he's a little bit more interesting in the halves. I think, you know, in this Warriors team, I don't envision they're going to be scoring like a whole bunch of points. So I'm probably going to avoid him, but. Yeah, 20% owns. Maybe he's one kind of like Hamaso in that you're like, he's cheap. He, you know he's going to make you a little bit of money, but he's kind of an awkward one to play in your 17 and probably isn't going to score great. So um, I'm still avoiding at this stage. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I think I'd probably, I'd avoid at this stage just because 
Metcalf will eventually come back into this team, and I just don't think he gets the same stats that other players. I would much rather take a risk on Josh Schuster than I would Tamari Martin, I think, this season. And, yeah, I, I, I already got burnt by him last year, picking him up when he was at the Broncos, and I just don't see how he improves on that at a worse team. What about the factor of him changing positions? Does that interest you at all? I mean, he'll get his hands on the ball more, yes, but in space, not so much. I feel like he's going to be he's going to need to run the ball a lot more, and I just think Metcalf will be a better runner of the ball than he will, which I which I think means Metcalf will probably come into this team eventually. I've got a feeling the Warriors are going to have a rough couple of first rounds, and then once Metcalf is fit, he's probably going to take Tamari Martin's spot. Even a couple of these wingers and centers will probably be rotated. Because uh, what is what's his name? Vilea isn't even in this this team at the moment. He's probably going to come in eventually. Um, they could, you know, rotate a few players in and out of this Warriors team until they get it right. I think. Yeah, I think so. This team could have a couple of changes in a few weeks, especially I guess depending how their performance is. Yeah, then will the act a little bit as well. Um, I was kind of I just did a quick little dive into Tamari Martin. He still does have those low scores in him when he plays in the halves, not by any chance like immune just because he's in the halves. So yeah, one that I'm probably looking to avoid. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. There's plenty of other players out there that'll just score as well at the same price as well, or even better, really. There's actually a lot of interest that I've had is in the the forward pack of this Warriors team. Obviously, Fanua Blake coming off the back of a pretty rough season last year with the Warriors. He's always been a generally genuine, generally pretty good scorer, closer to the 50s than he is the 40s normally, but last year was a down year. Mitch Barnett coming into this team in the front row, I think he probably doesn't have any value anymore if he's playing in the front row. He needs an 80-minute edge roll. I think if he's playing in the forward pack, he needs to still get 80 minutes somewhere. Otherwise, he doesn't have really much more value to gain. The main ones that I'm interested in right now are Jackson Ford and Murata Niakore. What are your thoughts on those two? Yeah, Niakore is someone I've been kind of looking at. He's yeah, in that he's a little bit more awkwardly priced than the other um, kind of, I guess, forwards that we're considering on a bench or something like that. He's 533k. So he's yeah, a bit more than Yaganas and Eli Katoas and people like that. Um but yeah, it looks like there's a pretty good chance that he plays 80 um for this team, you think. He's probably more favoured there than Jackson Ford. Um so if Tom Curran is going to come on at some point and play on the second row or if Tohu moves or whatever. Yeah. Um but yeah I think as you said, just with the Warriors team, I kind of want to see how this plays out a little bit. Just what's their bench rotation? Is Dylan Walker going to be playing 13? Toad Harris, what's his minutes like? There's just a lot of question marks, which I think makes me hesitant on this whole forward pack, honestly. And yeah, I I think I prefer someone like a Loyero, Eli Katoa over near Corre or Ford. Yeah, I think I, I put a on the Twitter, I was talking about this game um, the Warriors played in the trial match because they played pretty much this forward pack um, in their second trial game. And the rotation between the forwards was pretty, pretty rough for fantasy coaches looking at this team, unfortunately. The only one that really could have value is Jackson Ford, but that's just because he's priced so low. Um, the rest of yeah. them, they basically shared minutes across the board. Mitch Barnett, 
uh, Adam Fanil Blake, Jackson Ford, Nia Corey, Harris, and Curran. They all shared, you know, between 30 to 60 minutes. Um, obviously, you know, some players played a bit more. I think Ford played 50 minutes. Nia Corey played, played 40. Um, Curran played about 60. Harris played about 60. Like, there's a lot of minutes being shared between them. And I just don't think, unless you can get an 80-minute player here, it's probably worth just avoiding altogether, I think, at this point. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, it's just too many question marks. So, one, I'm not looking at. And not stoked for my, you know, got current stocks and draft leagues as well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit of a painful one. But I think you can keep an eye on Curran. He's got to come back into this team at some point, I think. I think he can carve out a big minute role, but... It'll be kind of good because he'll drop a bit of cash because he's up in the seven hundred k's I think at the moment. Um, Karen, let's have a let's have a quick quick look. Yeah, six six seventy three, averaging forty seven. So his break even's around forty seven as well. I think he could probably potentially come down a bit of cash, and if he gets his lock roll back or even an edge roll again, he he probably has a bit of value later in the season. Yeah, potentially, and. I don't know. I think it's kind of crazy. I think he's been probably their best forward over the last couple of years. Absolutely. So I think he deserves um, a spot there on the edge. But, uh, yeah, maybe common sense eventually prevails. He gets that starting spot back. Who knows? Yeah, hopefully we see that later in the season. And moving over to the Knights team. So at fullback, Lockie Miller has that spot. On the wing, we have Heimel Hunt and Dominic Young. In the centres, Anari Tuala and Bradman Best. In the halves, Kalen Ponga and Jackson Hastings. In the front row, Daniel and Jacob Saifidi. At hooker, Jaden Braley. The back row is a Tyson Frizzell and Lachlan Fitzgibbon. And at lock, Kurt Mann. On the bench, Phoenix Crossland, Adam Elliott, Jack Hetherington and Leo Thompson. Unfortunately, Elliott didn't get the starting lock role. He's been demoted to the bench, so he's probably a no-go at this point in time. But the interesting ones here are obviously your Lockie Miller, your Kalen Ponga, and your Jackson Hastings. So that's spine. Um, what are your take on these boys? Yeah, just another one to throw in the mix. I didn't realize until right now, Heimel, Ma- sorry, Heimel Hunt is 250K as well. So um, that's a really interesting now, considering like comparing him to a Amaso. I don't mind Heimel Hunt and saving you know, 120-odd K. So uh, that's kind of interesting, especially because we know that Knights, you know, typically have a strong start to the season. But, yeah, as you said, I think Adam Elliott is probably a no-go if he's playing off the bench. If I had him for draft or anything like that, I'm probably hanging tight because we know how good he can be as seen last year with the Raiders. Um, and then I think the rest for me, it's more or less as was kind of predicted. So, yeah. Um, obviously we've yeah, talked about, so I was going to say, as previously, we've talked about some of the players that do present a bit of value here. And the fact that Tyson Frizzell obviously had a pretty big down year last year. He normally averages in the mid fifties and he's, you know, down in the high forties at the moment. So I think he has a little bit of cash to make. Yeah, so he could easily make another 100K if he gets back to form. Um, Jaden Braley as well, he came back from that injury last year. He's another one that presents a little bit of value as well. Um, But the fact that they have Phoenix Crossland on the bench might counteract that a little bit because he'll lose some minutes. Um, But yeah, obviously Jackson Hastings, when when we see him get the main half roll like he did at the Tigers last year, obviously he had 
um, plenty of plenty of cash to make there because he started quite low. Um, but this year he could, you know, go go one even better. And now that he has the kicking off Kalen Ponga, he could, yeah, he gets an extra points there as well. Obviously, Lockie Miller having his like breakout season last year for a few games of the Sharks, his price is a bit awkward, but I still think he's probably a good one to start with. He's one of those winger fullbacks that I think most people start with. Like a quarter of the teams already have him. Um, but yeah, I think it's a pretty safe buy considering his break evens close to 30 um, at the moment. And then Kalen Ponga. I've got plenty of thoughts on Kalen Ponga, but um, yeah, what are you thinking? Would you go near him to start this season? Uh, no, nah, not for me, mate. I think I'd rather spend my money elsewhere versus on Kalen Ponga. He's probably, you know, he could be underpriced. We just don't know with his position and how he plays this year. I'm just kind of too scared of him with the concussion um, concerns at this point. If he, yeah, ends up going well to start the season or, you know, he gets some kind of consecutive games, you know, I might consider him. But I think for the start of the season, I'm happy to look elsewhere. I just keep, I keep thinking, what are the odds that, you know, 20, was it 2020 repeats itself? He starts at 5'8 for three games. All of a sudden it's not working and O'Brien puts him back to fullback. Like, surely that's going to happen again. I, I don't see... I just don't see how he's going to perform in 5-8 after they've already tried this previously. Like, what, are the, what do you think the odds are? Yeah, not zero. Um, could definitely happen, but I don't know. It seems different this time because they deliberately brought over Miller for this position. Yeah. Um, so maybe I think they give him a, a bit more of a run before they go back to the drawing board, but... Uh, yeah, it could happen for sure. Yeah, definitely one to watch. I've got a feeling Kalen Ponga will become a pretty good buy in about a month's time when that does happen. <laughs> <laughs> His scores at 5'8 previously were only around the, the, the mid-30 mark anyway. So, I mean, I wouldn't start with him because he's not going to make you any cash straight away unless he scores a try or does something completely unbelievable. But, yeah, definitely definitely keep an eye on him for the rounds um, coming up. Because if the Knights have a rough start to the season, there's every chance that he gets pushed back to fullback again. Right, oh, yeah. Moving on to the Panthers team. So at fullback, we have Dylan Edwards. On the wing, we have uh, Sunia Taruva and Brian To'o. In the centres, Isaac Tungor and Stephen Crichton. In the halves, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary. In the front row, Moses Leota and James Fisher Harris. At hooker, Mitch Kenny. In the back row, Luke Garner and Liam Martin. At lock, Isaiah Yo, And on the bench, Sonny Luke, Scott Sorensen, Spencer Lenu, and Jamin Salmon. Unfortunately, McLean didn't get a spot and Taruva has been named on the wing, but I think everyone's kind of looking at Luke Garner and seeing if he's probably going to be a potential option, even after his bad, um, his bad trial game a couple of weeks ago. What are your thoughts on this Panthers team? Yeah, I guess... Yeah, the big talking point, Taruva, he gets that spot, which personally, as a football fan, I'm quite excited for. I think he's a gun and kind of a future star. So it'd be nice to see him go to run on the wing. The uh, Yeah, the hooker question is kind of as we thought it would be as well with both Kenny and Luke getting names. So probably both of them are a no-go unless there's a kind of big shift and potentially Sonny Luke gets more because he's gets more minutes and... Yeah, in that sense, maybe he's an option, but I think to start the season, it's more just a watch um, for, and I wouldn't be starting with either of them. Um, 
And yeah, Luke Garner gets his spot. So yeah, another one of these kind of edge options that come under consideration. There's Scott Sorensen there on the bench who typically kind of comes in the back row, so he might kind of spell in for some minutes. Luke Garner there. Personally, I'm not too worried about the trial game. I think it's kind of one game. We've seen Luke Garner, how he's been over the last few seasons playing in a Tigers outfit that hasn't scored many points and he's still looked pretty good when he gets, you know, big minutes on an edge. So, I don't know, with all these edge guys coming through today, like, yeah, Katoa's, um, I'm not sure if he's still an option, but, um, or if he's the best option, I guess, but yeah, he's my team to start with. Yeah, I think everyone's going to have Hopgood as one of their starting edges, but then it's whether they take Garner or Eliasa Katoa or one of these other edges like Jackson Ford that's kind of hanging around as well. Like there's there's so many options in edge in like in terms of value that you could kind of go any of them because they all present their own unique value, but you don't want to be picking up all of them because you, you just have too many edges and you need, you know, a bit of a range on your bench as well. So I think... Luke Garner's a fine option. Eliasa Katoa is a fine option. I mean, they're all fine options. It just depends which one you want to go for over the other. It's personal preference, really. I think Luke Garner, the fact that he's at the Panthers, obviously you look at Kikau and you see his form and you're like, oh, surely, you know, Garner can replicate that. But there's every chance that he's just kind of your your more line runner and not they're not going to play the ball to him at all, really. Like, it's... there's a, Who knows how he's going to play, to be honest. But I think you can... <laughs> pretty much going pretty safely to make a bit of value, especially in a Panthers squad. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's still a solid, solid option. Um, yeah, just a personal preference, what way uh, your gut tells you. Yeah, pretty much. Righto. Broncos team. For the Broncos, we have at fullback Selwyn Cobbo. On the wing, we have Corey Oates and Jesse Arthas. In the centres, Katoni Staggs and Herbie Farnworth. In the halves, Ezra Mam and Adam Reynolds. In the front row, Corey Jensen and Payne Haas. At hooker, Billy Walters. In the back row, Kurt Capewell and Jordan Rickey. And at lock, Pat Carrigan. On the bench, Corey Pate, Keenan Palacia, Tom Flegler and Marty Tapau. I mean, pretty much what we expected from this Broncos, Broncos team. I don't think we need to talk too much on it. Um, but yeah, Pat Carrigan looks like the obvious one to take away from this team. Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably the big takeaway here. It's kind of as we expected through the preseason. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, Pat Caravan doesn't really... The bench makeup is quite nice for him. So you got Pax there, Bill Walters, Palacia, who I think is a back roller, so maybe he comes on for Capral, Ricky for some time, and then you'd assume Flegler and Tapao probably spend most of their time in the front row. Um where I, I think Payne Haas will still get big minutes, but it'll, um, yeah, it'll hopefully work out for Carrigan that he doesn't get too much of a of a rest and he's playing at kind of at least sixty five plus. Yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna be similar to last year. I don't see it being a big change in minutes. Obviously, Marty Tapau can play bigger minutes, but he's I think he's being used more as an impact player. Um, similar with Tom Flegler, more of an impact player up the middle rather than someone that's going to be playing extended minutes. So, yeah, I, I don't see why we'll see different minutes from Haas or Carrigan this year, and they both should be pretty big scorers. Obviously, you know what you're getting from Haas. He's priced in exactly where he should be, 
Um, you know, you can pick him up and start him pretty confidently. But Parrigan, uh, Parrigan, Pat Carrigan presents a little bit more in terms of value being lower priced and generally from the trials and what we saw towards the back end of last season, a bit more form as well off the second year off his ACL injury. And you know what uh, NRL physio says, eh, Josh? Yes. Nah, NRL physio is quite big on him too, I think. So he's pretty popular in fantasy and for good reason. He's in my team at the moment and, um, yeah, pretty good option, I think, mate. Absolutely. Righto, moving on to Manly. Um, Tom Trebojevic starting at fullback, so definitely overcoming those uh, injuries that he's been having. On the wing, Christian Tupolotu uh, and Ruben Garrick. At centre, Brad Parker and Tolu Kola. In the halves, Cooper Johns and Daly Cherry Evans. In the front row, Taniela Paseka and Jake Trebojevic. At hooker, Lockie Croker. In the back row, Olakowatu and Tuolangi. And at lock, John Kepi. On the bench, K.O. Weeks, Ben Trebojevic, Ethan Bulama, and Josh Aloye. Uh, I did not expect Trebojevic to be starting in the front row. Even though I saw him do it in the in the trial games, I just assumed that it was just a change for the trial games. But, I mean, Kepi, does he pre- present any sort of value here? Or do you think he's going to be like a starting lock and then, you know, only end up playing like 20 to 30 minutes? I think he does present some value, mate. He's 302k in your mids. Um, I'm just looking at this bench makeup, and I think it's going to be quite positive for him. Uh, K.O. Weeks, who's kind of a... I think his preferred position is fullback. Um, And you assume he kind of acts as kind of backline utility. Ben Trebojevic, we've seen him being there. Like, his kind of preferred position is centre. Or that's where we've seen him kind of in the NRL. And... He's on this bench as well. So you've got kind of like two backline players here on the bench, which is a bit funky. I guess maybe they'll use uh, Ben Trebojevic through the back row, potentially. Um, then you've got Bulma, who has played a little bit of middle, I guess, over the last couple of seasons, but he's also played a lot of time on the edge. And then uh, Josh Alloway as well. So kind of like one recognized, or one or even two recognized middle players. So you think that, um, you know, splitting these three positions between, you know, five players, you just know kind of Kepi is one of the beneficiaries of that. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious of this squad, to be honest. Obviously, Aloye is the only out-and-out forward that they have on the bench. Paseca doesn't play big minutes, and Kepi normally doesn't play big minutes. So... Like, does Gerbo still play 80 minutes even in the front row? Like, does he rotate through lock? What's the go there? Like, normally Olakowatu was playing 80 minutes. And even um, even when they had the... I can't even remember who the other back row was that they had last year. But they were playing close to 80 minutes as well normally. So I'm unsure of what the rotation's going to be on the bench here. So... There's probably a little bit of value in some of these plays. It's just so hard to see from round one. I'd probably have to go back and look at the the round two trial game to see what the minutes panned out to be because this is very. I think this back the the front row is very reminiscent of what they did in the trial game. So it'd be interesting to go back to have a look at what the minute split was there. Yeah, for sure. And something I was just thinking maybe might be an option as well. Maybe Ko Weeks plays that uh, 13 role like a Dylan Walker has played for them over the years. Oh, he's yeah. kind of the back line, but 
He's the 13. He's more of a link. Um, has played in the halves, I think, as well, KO Weeks. So maybe that's an option as well. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant of Kepi just because we've seen historically that he hasn't um, kind of like worked his way into like a really big role for Manly, even when there's been injuries and things like that. So that's my kind of one reservation, but it does seem like he's got a good role here in this team. So yeah, one and watch, I think. Yeah, Kepi, I mean, there is definitely a potential that he is a bit of a cheapie and does get decent minutes. So I'm just having a look at his stats um, from previous seasons, even from last year, from basically what I can see, it's a lot of 40-minute games, a lot of scores in the 30s. There is potential now that he's starting at lock to actually make a bit of cash, especially if his break-even at 30, at 300K, his break-even's only around, you know, the 20 mark. So... Even if he scores the 30s, 40s, that's a lot of cash to make um, off Sean Kepi. So definitely one to... I mean, it's not too bad of one to stash in your emergencies and just make a bit of cash. He's going to plot along, but definitely should make a bit of cash starting at lock. Yeah, I hope so. It's um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see after... The, he might be the best mid-cheapy, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so I would want to keep yeah. thinking about it, I think. Potentially taking him over, like, you know, the likes of Uto Ikamanu, even Ray Stone if he's on the bench because we haven't got to the Dolphins team yet. But if he's been named on the bench, you know, Kepi's honestly another one that you might take over him at the same price. But we'll, we'll yeah. come to that eventually. Um, anything else from this uh, Manly team you wanted to talk about? Obviously, Turbo. Actually, another point might be, you know, KO Weeks, the fact that he's been included because of his trial form, he might spell Turbo halfway through the game if they're playing well do you think there's a chance that turbo doesn't play 80 from the start and he's kind of managed a bit over the first few rounds no not really um like there's potential they do something funky just with his injury history but um yeah i don't think so i think you're not gonna play your super stuff will back for like 60 minutes is just my uh, my theory. He's going to be like either good or he's going to be hurt. So like I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think they play him, and it's just like hard because of you know it obviously uses an interchange for you as well. But uh, yeah, I think Tom Trebojevich plays eighty. But any interest in don't me on it? Yeah, any interest in starting weeks from round one? No, not with. These are the cheapies we've got, mate. It's um, I'd rather go someone like a Kepi who looks like he has a way better role, or even a guy like Heimel Hunt who's been named today. Yeah. Um, better roles versus these interchange guys that we can see get single digits course most most weeks. Yeah, fair enough. All right, moving on to the Dogs team at fullback. Hayes Perham has been named on the wing. Jacob Kiraz and Josh Adokar. In the centres, Jake Avarillo and Paul Alamotti. In the halves, Matt Burton and Kyle Flanagan. In the front row, Max King and Ryan Sutton. At hooker, Reid Marnie. In the back row, Viliami Kickout and Raymond Fatala Mariner. And at lock, Farmanu Brown. On the bench, Jaden Tanner, Corey Waddell, Franklin Pele and Jacob Preston. Wow, a very unknown bench really from the Dogs. A couple of players that really haven't played much football. Um... 
But yeah, interesting starting team, especially at lock. Farmanu Brown getting that lock spot. That's an interesting one as well. Kind of means that Marnie could be playing close to 80. Um, I'm pretty sure Jaden Tanner is a backup hooker um, that definitely hasn't been added to fantasy. Just did a quick check. Um, it's, but yeah, your take on this He's a prop, spot. I think, according to uh, the, the Bulldogs website, because I didn't know who he was either. <laughs> Very nice. But he's Good. a prop on the, on the website, so that's what I'm uh, going for, because, yeah, he's not on fantasy yet. Um, but yeah, interesting. Preston's another prop. He is an edge. Ah, okay. Um, at least I think he is on Super Coach. So <laughs> I right looked at him Super Coach a little while back, but um, so no bench hooker then. So Marnie probably stands to be playing eighty minutes, well, pretty close to at least, because Farmanu Brown can give him a spell. But if he's playing at lock, most likely Marnie's playing close to eighty. Yeah, I think that's a fair conclusion to make. So yeah, Reed Marnie's a little bit interesting there. If he's playing eighty, um, definitely not bad for a for a draft or things like that. If you've got some stocks in him, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see how this bench plays up. Franklin Pele has been one kind of on my radar that I've been looking at. He's baseman as well. I'm guessing Jaden Tanner will start baseman. So you got two potential basement. Uh, props here on the bench um so you know we've seen typically even if they're scoring 25-ish minutes they're kind of sorry 25-ish points there they're slow burns but they can you know make a couple hundred k potentially um yeah any further thoughts on this bench makeup oh the bench look doesn't give me too much um interest obviously franklin pele is probably the only one that i'd pick up just because of his trial form off the bench he actually you know had a big impact plenty of tackle busts and plenty of meters i think i'm more looking at the likes of you know hayes perham and paul alamotti um in the backs there perham yes he had a very rough um very rough uh trial period but he still stands to make a bit of cash i think there's been a couple of other winger fullbacks that might be a bit more interesting in the likes of, like you've already said, Heimel Hunt obviously presents a bit more. Even KO Weeks off the bench for Manly presents, I think, a bit more than Perham. So there's other options there. But Paul Alamotti, he's probably a set and forget, I'd imagine, in most teams. What do you think about him? Yeah, I think he's pretty close to set and forget as well, just yeah. because the center position is so shallow and he's obviously being talked up a lot in the preseason. Um, so, yeah, he's definitely in mine. And I think Perham's still in mine at this point. He's pretty highly owned. So I think he's one that you can kind of just go with the masses here and see how it goes. Yeah. One thing that excites me, seeing in the Indigenous game and things like that, he's got, you know, a risky offload in his half. He's got a big cutout ball. So it could come off if he has, like, one or two big games here along the stretch and he could make a really uh, nice bit of coin. But, uh, yeah, well, I guess we'll see our options plan out at the end of this team list there might be better ways to go yeah i think um he's probably yeah one of the main beneficiaries of this um renewed bulldog squad obviously coming in at center there but we'll uh we'll see what other options there are in the centers as we go through the teams um obviously luke thompson had that injury today any interest in ryan sutton now with thompson out for so long well we actually don't know what the injury is but i assume he considering it was carried off the field it's going to be a decent one do you have any interest in Ryan Sutton? Yeah, I read somewhere um, Thompson was ankle. Um, so I guess it could be a synosmosis, like eight weeks could be a kind of 
roll the ankle and be out for just a week. We just have to see. Um, yeah. yeah, mate. Son, I funnily enough, I wasn't sure who was going to get a big minute role in this pack, and in one of my draft leagues, I got Sutton and uh, Thompson. I was like, one of them might be good, so kind of hedge my bets. But yeah, Sutton potentially. Actually, I think that was in the the Champions League. I did that, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sutton looks like he could get a big minute role here in the pack. Don't really know how much Fermanio Brown will play in this lock role. You could see him kind of rotating um, in there as well. So, yeah, I think just probably not one I'm starting with, but one to watch. Yeah, I agree. Not one to start. Definitely keep an eye on him and see what the rotation is through the forwards uh, there for the dogs for sure. Righto, moving on to the Cows and Raiders game on Saturday. Um, starting with the fullback for the Cows, it's Scott Drinkwater on the wing, Kyle Felt and Murray Tulungi. In the centres, Valentine Holmes and Peter Hicku. In the halves, Tommy Dearden and Chad Townsend. In the front row, Jordan McLean and Ruben Cotter. At hooker, Reese Robson. In the back row, Cohen Hess and Jeremiah Nanai. And at lock, JT. On the bench, Jake Granville, Griffin Neem. Uh, Jermaine Tanoa Brown and James Tamo. I mean, there's nothing new here. Pretty much the same team that we thought was going to get named. Um, I don't really like any of them at this point. Maybe Cotter is the only one. Cotter and Robson are probably the only two that I would be looking at. The rest of them don't interest me, but I know they do you. Well, they're the best team in the comps. They obviously impress me and interest me, but of course, um, I think for fantasy purposes, um, specifically classic, none of them really interest me just because they're pretty similarly, you know, priced and valued as they were last year. Nothing's really changed. I think one thing that probably stands out to me um, is that Granville's here on this bench. Um, there was some chance that Tom Chester, like one of the young guns coming through, might have got that spot. Yeah. So... I think it definitely means that Cotter doesn't play 80. And I think Cotter, I'm not Cotter, sorry, Robson isn't going to play 80. Um, so I think Robson's probably in a void to start the season. I think the Cowboys might end up doing, at least for the start of the season, while it's still pretty warm in North Queensland, is just giving Robson a spell there. So I think it's one to watch as uh, the season progresses if Granville gets dropped off that bench and then. Potentially, Robson might be a buy then. Yep, agreed. Definitely weighed on them. Uh, moving on to the Raiders, just because the Cows, not much from a fantasy point of view. Obviously, in draft, you get most of these players. They're tried and true. Guns in Robson, Cotter, Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes, those kinds of guys. Actually, in Classic, there's been a lot of interest in Holmes, to be honest. Um, and a lot of people are going his, him as an option in the center. Um, look at that, 14% owned. Um I, I guess, why don't you have interest in Holmes this season? I do have interest in him. I just think, yeah, the centre position, I'm kind of willing to go cheap and spend up elsewhere. So it's more of kind of a team construction thing. I think out of all the centres, he is probably the most. Um, like if you're going to spend up at centre, I'd spend up and go about Holmes just because the Cowboys, if you look at their opening door, it's ridiculous. Even if... You know, he doesn't, um, you know, score a handful of tries, which he definitely could. He'll be getting 
those goal kick points as well. So you could see kind of worst case scenario, assuming the Cowboys um, have a decent start to the season, he's going to be, you know, at least kind of holding that price and um, potentially a little bit undervalued with some extra goal kicking and if the Cowboys jack on a score. Fair enough. I mean, I think the Cowboys had an up year last year. I don't think they're going to do as well this year, but I mean, to each their own. I'll let you have that uh, glory for now. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> um, to a team that actually had a down year last year and could potentially be on the up this season uh, in the Raiders. So at fullback with Xavier, uh, well, I was about to say Xavier Coates, with Xavier Savage injured, um, we have Sebastian Chris at fullback. Uh, on the wings, Nick Kotrick and Jordan Rapana. In the centres, Matt Timico and Harley Smith-Shields. In the halves, Jack Whiten and Jamal Fogarty. In the front row, we have Pasami Solo and Joe Tarpany. At hooker, Danny Levi. In the back row, Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead with Corey Harawira and Naira rounding out the lock spot. On the bench, Tom Starling, Atta Mariotta and Corey Horsburgh. Oh, and Emre Gula. So, CHN wins the, the lock spot. Um, any love for, for him this season? Uh, I don't think so, mate. Not at this stage. He's, you know, priced at 517k. It's a little bit of an awkward price. There's probably some better options here. It's going to be interesting to see how the minutes in this pack shape up as well. So probably more of a wait and see. But, yeah, he's getting good minutes in this pack. We've seen Adam Elliott last year have a, a good role there and score respectively. CHN has had, you know, since where he's been kind of 50-plus consistently. But uh, I think there's just a little bit more risk at the start of the season. I'm probably looking elsewhere. Yeah, I think even with a big-minute lock roll um, previously, Harawir and Naira hasn't generally averaged very well even at lock. So I'd be very sceptical about going Harawir and Naira to start this season. Because Horsburgh has been pushed to the bench, I'd be now sceptical about going him as well. He looked like a potentially good option if he could get into that starting spot, but looks like Pasami Solo's taken a front row spot um, from him. And surprisingly, there's no Josh Papali'i in the squad. So I'm not 100% sure what's happened to him, but um, might be able to do a bit of research while I, while I keep talking about some of the other players in this team. Um, see what the go is with him. And speaking of other players in this team that I quite like, Harley Smith-Shields at centre. Very, very good, cheapy option, I think. He's probably one that not a lot of people will have and that's coming into this team because um, Savage is injured. I really rate him um, at centre. And even on the wing when he did come into the squad back in, when was it? It was 2021. It was two seasons ago. He actually was very good on the wing, even without scoring too many tries. He scored, you know, in the mid, mid-20s mid to 30s, um, which honestly doesn't sound that good. But for a winger, well, for a centre now that's basement price, I think he presents a little bit of value and definitely one that you could probably go from round one. Yeah, that's an interesting one as well. So another cheapie that's been kind of like thrown in the mix. Uh yeah, I have to have a think about that. I'm not quite sure if I'll, if I'll go and start the season, but yeah, definitely an option for his basement. Um, how good is his team list too, then, mate? We're just getting surprises, extra cheapies. Uh, been very kind of so far. Yeah, I guess the only issue with him is like, when does um, Xavier Savage come back in? So once Savage is back in, Chris goes back to the centre, unless he can prove himself in the first couple of rounds. 
and then you're left having to make a trade. But I think there's definitely some value to make in starting with Shields um, over the first few rounds while you're waiting for Savage to come back. He's probably going to be one of the better scoring cheapies, I'd imagine. If he can crack, you know, 30 kind of points um, over the first few rounds before Savage comes back, that should make you about, you know, 50 to 60K to start with. And if he can hold that spot, even better. Um, Jeffrey just asked if Warbrick, would you go Warbrick or Smith Shields out of those two? What do you think? Um, I'd be going Warbrick out of the two of them. Just, I think the Storm are a better team and he's got, uh, you know, better chance of getting a try, but yeah, Smith Shields playing center. I think his base would be solid enough. And I think, yeah, as you were saying, like kind of a worst case scenario, as long as you get three, four weeks, you could even kind of go a little bit sideways to like a Isaac Thompson who might come down a little bit in price with some tough games to start the year, something like that as well, that is potentially an option. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think I'd go Warbrick still because of the game that I've seen in the trials. I haven't really seen Smith Shields since 2021, so I think Warbrick looks like the safer option. But then again, Smith Shields is in the center, so he should be closer to those base stats. You know, he'll get a few more tackles um, and hopefully a few more tackle busts um, playing in the centers than Warbrick will get on the wing. So I'd maybe go Warbrick just because he's at the Storm. That's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Righto. Moving. Oh, is there anything else from this team? I mean, not really. Fogarty, we've already talked about previously. He's a pretty good option, right? Fogarty, he's always been there and they're about the 50 55 mark as a half i think he's priced there at the moment at 50 so he's a little bit unders for his value but probably a draft option and someone that you could get later in the draft that'll still present a bit more value um than picking him up in classic yeah sorry one other thing i just wanted to mention uh danny levi is at 319k it's i was kind of surprised considering that they seem to really like Zach Wolford last year. Yeah. And we're playing him over Tom Starling, even though everyone was like, Tom Starling's way better. Um, but yeah, Danny Levi, if, we, if it's a similar rotation how it was last year and Picky's playing Tom Starling for more kind of the 25, 30-minute role, Danny Levi getting 50 points there in the middle, 50 minutes there in the middle, 50 points would be nice too. <laughs> um, that's, kind of piqued my interest a little i think he's not going to get enough minutes unfortunately i think they're going to split around 40 40 and even if they split 50 30 i'm in levi's favor i still think there's not enough minutes there for him to score well generally his points per minute has been at around you know 0. 0.5 ish so if he gets 50 minutes what's that that's mid 20s if that and that's yes that's going to give him you know, improve, improve a bit in value, but not by like a hundred K. I think you're probably looking at people that are going to at least get you a hundred K in value to start the season. Well, that's my thinking anyway. What's he, what's he priced at at the moment? His uh, average. 319K. So he's probably around 20 point average at the moment, 2021. Okay. So in games over 50 minutes, Danny Levi has averaged 36 points. According to, that's over his career, I guess. Over fifty minutes, but does that include eighty-minute games as well? Oh, that's a such a dumb insight for me. 
Um, yes, you'd have, to, you'd have to filter it down to under, under, 60. under, under 60. Okay. Okay, he's 32 here in that game time. Over his whole career. Yeah, he has been playing for Over a while. Over his whole career. Yeah. I think he's an interesting one, but not one to start with. I think that's pretty fair. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. We're going to have a, a fight here. We're going to fight over Dan. Yeah, we're going to have a fight. Yeah. Well, if I remembered how to bloody work this fight, it would have been maybe more convincing on my end. But um, yeah. It's all right. We'll move on maybe to the next one. Maybe one thing. You can mull over Levi while I move on to the Sharks. <laughs> right. Oh. Sharks v Rabbitohs on Saturday night. Uh, at fullback for the Sharks, we have Will Kennedy on the wing, Sione Katoa and Ronaldo Mulatalo. In the centres, we have Jesse Ramian and Sifa Talakai. In the halves, Moylan and Trindle. In the front row, Toby Rudolph and Braden Hamlin Ueli. At hooker, Blake Braley. In the back row, Britton Nakor and Teague Wilton. And at lock, Dale Finucan. On the bench, Cam McInnes, Wade Graham, Oregon Kafusi, and Jack Williams. Obviously, no Nico Hines to start the year, which is, I think, pretty standard. We kind of expected that after the news of his injury. But looking at other players from this team, and there was specific interest in Teague Wilton, what are your thoughts? Do you think there's much value in this Sharks team? Yeah, nice for Teague. He's won that starting spot. Uh, Makes him kind of interesting. Probably one that I'm going to avoid to start the year. I just want to see how his rotation is. I think, yeah, Teague's got to be playing 80 or pretty close to it, I think, to be a buy. Um, so I think he probably plays like 60 and Wade Graham plays some time there just with this four-forward bench. They're going to have to put him somewhere. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Four-forward bench, the first one I think we've seen so far. So um, all of these forwards from... The, the Sharks, I think, take a little bit of a hit for it. It's good for my boy, Blake Braley. Yeah. Um, top three hooker. Could be on. But, hey, um, your hot take could be, could be right. You never know. You never know. Maybe I wanted something. But most likely, it's just a hot take. But we'll see. Yeah, I think Blake Braley probably does have a bit to, a bit to make. But like that's only because he started last year with such a bang. Like He was huge last year in the opening rounds. And then that kind of dipped over the origin period in the back end of last year where he wasn't getting 80 and it kind of dipped back to 70-ish minutes, 65-70. Potentially value there, but I'd probably upgrade to someone better, like a Grant. I wouldn't be chucking money at Braley, I think, at the moment. Yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, but I don't think there's much in this team, is there? There's not really much to look at, to be honest. They're all... Fine, like whatever. They're not really classic. They're not really fantasy relevant for classic at all. <laughs> right, yeah, moving on. To, agree, yeah, yeah. Right, moving on to the Rabbitohs. Um, at fullback, we have Latrell Mitchell. In on the wings, we have Alex Johnston and Isaac Thompson. At center, Isaiah Tass and Campbell Graham. In the halves, Cody Walker and Lachlan Ilias. In the front row, Tavita Totola and Tom Burgess. At hooker, Damian Cook. In the back row, Keon Kolomatangi. In and Jai Arrow and at lock Cameron Murray on the bench Blake Taff Michael Cheekham Davey Moali and Shaquille Mitchell. I 
am not a huge fan of Isaac Thompson, but I know there are a lot of people that are really hot on him. What are your thoughts about Thompson? I am quite keen on him as a player. I think um, the Bunnies, they're going to have a really good year. He's going to score tries for fun at some point of the year. I'm a little bit hesitant, and I don't think I'm going to start with him just because the, the Rabbits have a pretty tough opening draw. Um, they got the Sharks the first week, which maybe might be a close. I thought the Sharks might kind of blow them out of the water, but maybe now with um, no Nico Hines, the, uh, which we didn't really talk about as well, I guess. But um, I think it could be a pretty close game. So he could get a try here and get some value. But then they also play the Panthers. I think they play the Storm too in the first uh, couple of rounds. So I just don't think he's going to score many tries. Um, potentially one that we can kind of go sideways to, as I was saying, if um, we get you know a little bit of movement from like a Harley Smith Shields and he then gets uh, gets dropped. But yeah, probably not one I'm starting with, I think. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I've, I'm pretty confident that the only, well, not the only starting player, but the main starting player that you want from this Bunnies team is probably Cam Murray. You've talked about it at length, that the fact that his average um, dropped back to, I think, 62, I think it was, 63, um, basically because he had a game where he got a concussion in the last round. So he actually averaged closer to 70. Um, last year, I think it was 67 and a half or 68, his average last year without that um, in well, that concussion game. So I think he's probably the only obvious one to have from this Bunnies team to start. Yeah, it is crazy that at 904K he's unders, but I think potentially he's Cam Murray. Um, and then the only other ones I was kind of looking out for, this, this bench, they've got two you know, more unknowns with Wally and Mitchell there, who you'd assume play a bit of you know time in the middle there. They're both cheap, but I think we've got better options now. In uh, you know, someone like a Sean Kepi, I'd probably rather than these two guys. So probably like a wait and see if one of them's getting big minutes could be a potential trade in, but not one I'm going at that at this stage. Yeah, I think Mowali could have a bit of value to be honest, but he did, he needs more minutes, right? Like I think he was only getting 15, 20 minutes off the bench last year. And when he actually got like a 40 minute game or something like that, he actually scored quite well. Let me check. His PPM was about 0.8 last year. Mowali. But yeah, all of his games were like 15 to 20 minutes. Then he had a couple games that were in the high 20 mark and a 30 minute game. But yeah, it's so rough. He needs minutes. And surely now with, um, Saliva Havili injured and the other bench forward that I can't remember um, that he gets more minutes like there's surely he'll get a few more minutes in the front row because Tavita Totola yes he can play big minutes but not the whole game Tom Burgess he hasn't really ever been a huge minute player either so you'd think Moali picks up something so he's not a bad option but like you said you've got guys like Kepi that are going to be starting at lock so they're probably safer options to start the season yeah, I agree with that. And yeah, I think there's potentially there's someone else in this Rabbitohs pack who's going to be value for us, whether it's to beat it to toll or pumping out big minutes and big scores or Jack Mitchell. I think he got a decent amount of minutes in the trial game as well. I think, yeah, one thing that probably shores up is with these unknowns or lesser played uh, guys on the bench, the Cam Murray's going to be playing 
huge minutes as well. He'd be pretty close to eighty, if not. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on Colin Matangi? Yeah, quite like him. I just think, especially now with a pretty stacked edge position, with as far as cheapies and things like that, I think there's just better value elsewhere. And yeah, I'm. I personally rather go David Fafita and then stack it with cheapies and your hop goods and people like that. Yeah, I think the edge is one of those positions where you go cheap this year, unfortunately. But he's going to be a gun option later in the year. Like, there's there's plenty of edge options that will be guns later, like your Sean Lanes, your Colin Matungis. Um, probably not Isaiah Papali'i this year, but that'll be we'll see what happens with the Tigers, and we haven't even got to them yet. But um, yeah, I think you start cheap in the edges, and then you you upgrade from there, just because there's so many good options in the edge position. For sure, yeah. Okay, moving on to the Sunday games now, and we finally get to this Dolphins team. Starting at fullback for the Dolphins, we have Hamaso Tabuai Fido on the wing, Jermaine Asako and Tessie New. In the centers, Ewan Aitken and Brenko Lee. In the halves, Isaiah Katoa and Sean O'Sullivan. In the front row, Jesse Bromwich and Jared Wallace. At hooker, Jeremy Marshall King. In the back row, Felice Kafusi and Kenny Bromwich. And at lock, we have Tom Gilbert. On the bench, Herman SASA, Mark Nichols, Ray Stone, and Kurt Donahue. Mate, a few forward pack changes that kind of hurt a little bit for the players that I was eyeing up as potential buyers from this team, those being Ray Stone and Mark Nichols. Um, but I guess, what's your take on this team? Do you think it'll be competitive? And if, and if they are competitive, do you think there'll be any, um, any fantasy options here? Yeah, competitive, I'm not very confident in them. But fantasy relevant, I'm more positive. Um, I'm pretty sure Kurt Donahue, this other guy on the bench, is a hooker. Uh, but I'm not 100% on that. I don't think he's in the game. So, yeah, three forward bench for the, for the Dolphins is kind of interesting with Ray Stone, pretty cheap. Neither of them got that starting role, but yeah, um, or or Mark Nichols, sorry, yeah, got that starting role, but yeah, I think maybe they're a wait and see now. Ray Stone, I'm still kind of interested in. I have to kind of like reassess now, I guess, but I think there's still potential value. It's yeah, I think it's going to be just kind of a case of team balance and whether you prefer other guys like a Kepi. For your mids, yeah, I think um, Kurt Donahue he plays he's kind of that winger half type player, so he might be there to kind of rotate Katoa if he's not up to the pace. Oh, okay, um, which might be a bit interesting to be honest. So I think I think Katoa being in this team is close to a must-have. Like the the likelihood of Milford coming back in is high, but. I still think that they'll give him a run considering this team is for the future and he is going to be their future, one of their future halves. He's probably got to get a run sooner or later and you can't just throw him into this team to then take him back out again in a week's time. Like you've got to, you've got to kind of stick with him if he's going to be your future half. So I think Katoa probably has the most value. Ray Stone, I was really, really hoping that he would get a bench, a bench role. I think I really wanted him to get a lock role over Tom Gilbert, and I really wanted Tom Gilbert to be in the front row, but unfortunately it just hasn't panned out. I just don't think he's going to get enough minutes off the bench to be hugely impactful. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? 
Firstly, just on the Isaiah Katoa, I think he's pretty much a must-have. I think you've got to start with him. He's going to be highly owned. You don't want to be missing out on someone like him. He could be yeah. kind of the Brad Schneider of this year, I think. Starting Bond Dollar doesn't have to do a whole lot to make you money. So I think just lock it in. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uncertain about Raystone. I think he's a weapon. I um, I don't think I'm looking at Mark Nichols now, but Raystone is kind of interesting to me still just because of his, his price and he obviously has that pedigree from when he was over at the Eels. Yeah. So uh, I think he's still in my side for now, but one I might have to kind of go back and rethink. Yeah, definitely one to, you know, put a question mark over and, just see how your side pans out after you do go through all these team lists and adjust your side. Um, yeah, one to one to definitely question at this point. Um, so looking through this side, the options are, obviously you're looking at the hammer as a potential option in your winger, fullback, or centers. Um, he's one that most people will probably have. Let's have a quick look. He's owned by, yeah, nearly 30% of teams, so obvious one there. Um, Branko Lee is one we haven't spoken about much, but he used to be a very, very good center from a fantasy point of view, mind you, um, he kind of had very good base stats and generally scored in the mid thirties. So maybe there's a bit of value there. Not a huge amount though. Like, I don't know. What are your thoughts about Branko Lee? I think the key part you think you said there was, he used to be a very good center. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that's what I consider him as. I'm not sure if he's still a good center. And I just think, is this Dolphins team going to score any points this year? I don't think so. But, yeah, we have seen, I guess, historically, if he's got a a role there um, on an edge, he does have an offload, he does have a try assist in him. So um, is kind of maybe one I'd be picking up in, like, a draft league or something like that if you're shallow on the position and yep. um, can just kind of chuck him on your bench and see how he goes. But not one I'm looking at for classic. Yep. I think I agree there. Definitely one to have on the bench for a draft league. Um, okay, moving on to the Roosters then. I think that pretty much covers the Dolphins team, unfortunately. Not enough, not tons of value there, but definitely a couple of players to look at. For the Roosters, at fullback, James Tedesco. On the wing, Daniel Tupo and Jackson Paulo. In the centres, Joe Suwali and Corey Allen. Uh, in the halves, Luke Keary and Sam Walker. In the front row, Lindsay Collins and Matt Lodge. At hooker, Brendan Smith. Sorry, Dunham, your hot take was very incorrect. Um, in the back Shocking. row, Egan and Nat Butcher. Know speaking about. <laughs> I could not believe that he made that a hot take. That was a terrible call. But anyway, um, and at lock, Victor Radley. On the bench, Drew Hutchinson, Fletcher Baker, uh, Nafahu White, and Terrell May. Roosters team, what are your thoughts? There's a lot of different options there. Obviously, no Satili Tupanua or Angus Crichton for a bit. So Egan and Nat Butcher filling in there. Do you think there's a couple of value options? Obviously, outside the obvious Brendan Smith. What are your What are your thoughts? I think there's definitely some value options in here. Um, yeah, probably the main one here is Egan Bush that I'm looking at now with the uh, Gus Crichton news that I think it's 10 weeks. Someone said that he's looking to be out for at least. So um, obviously wish him the best. And... Um, but yeah, I think Egan Butcher could present a bit of value here to the start of the season. He's yeah, reportedly well, we've seen him at kind of bits and pieces and yeah, he looks pretty good. But definitely um yeah, ten weeks there on this on this edge for this team. 
definitely presents some value, I think. Yeah, so looking at his looking at his previous scores, he's gone for about a point a minute, Egan Butcher. So anytime he gets extended minutes in a team, which hasn't happened yet, like all of his minutes have generally been around the 10 to 40 mark, depending on how the game's panned out. There's been a couple of high-minute games um, sprinkled throughout his career. He had a 60-minute game and a, another 70-minute game previously, but they've generally had higher scores. So I think if he gets a, lot, a big minute role, he's another player that, very could provide a lot of value to be honest. And I think, yeah, he's honestly another edge player that you should be considering amongst the the pool of cheapies you have in that position already. Yeah, I tell you what, we're just going to start with five edges to start this season because there's that many ones that <laughs> could be options for you. Um, and honestly, yeah. that's not not a bad tactic. I don't think. I think if you start with an extra edge or two on the on the bench just for just for cash baking purposes, I mean, I don't see. Much wrong with that, to be honest. Um, but you do need to make sure you have at least one player coverage for, for each position. Just, you know, make up for buy rounds and, and whatnot. Any injuries throughout the season, that kind of thing. So definitely make sure you have cover. Um, yeah, I, I quite like that as well. Yeah, stack it with, uh, with edges, just as that many of them. <laughs> uh, Corey Allen's an interesting one that got named at centre. Um I probably wouldn't be starting with him, but definitely one to to keep an eye on to see how he goes. They've obviously got Momorovsky there as well, the Roosters, so he could easily come in for Allen. I'm not sure if he's injured or not, Momorovsky. It doesn't say anything on fantasy, but he's, you know, a tried and true center as well that could easily take that spot. So yeah, one to keep an eye on, um, I guess, going forward. And no no Jared Warrior Hargreaves as well. He must, I'm not sure what the news is on him, but he must have a, a bit of an injury or something coming into round one. Um, Hargreaves? Yeah, he must do. I can't think of the top of my head either, but um, yeah, he'd be in this side otherwise. Yeah. Um, obviously, Joey Manu to come back as well into this team. Yeah, of so, course. Um, oh, I didn't even think about Joey Manu, actually. There you go. Well, it'll be interesting to see how his kind of percentages, Valheims might be kind of close to 30% come the start of the season with um, this news that Joey Manu's out for round one. So, which also makes him interesting as a potential pod um, once he comes back. So, yeah, I yeah. want to have a look at. Yeah, which is very interesting because a lot of people were thinking about starting with Joey Manu and he probably would have been quite highly owned if we have a quick... Quick look. Yeah, 17%. So most people jump off him and he'll be one that when he does come back is a bit of a pod for sure, but definitely not one to start with. Even though he wasn't named, I still wouldn't even be starting with him anyway, just considering how expensive he is and he's not playing fullback. So, yeah. Right. Oh, moving on. I do that, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on to the. uh, Yeah. Last game of the season. Last game of the week. The Tigers taking on the Titans. Let's look at this Titans team. So at fullback, we have Dane Laurie. In the, on the wings, we have David Nofaluma and Charlie Staines. In the centers, Brent Naden and Tommy Talau. In the halves, Adam Dewey and Luke Brooks. In the front row, Stefano Utuikamanu and David Klemmer. At hooker, Api Korosau. In the back row, Isaiah Papali'i and Sean Bloor. And at lock, Joe Offahengawi. On the bench, Jake Simkin, Al- Alex Twole, Fanua Pole, and Asu Kapoa. No Johnny Bateman to start the year, and he's not even named amongst the reserves. 
So he, I think the news was that he's still a couple of weeks away because there was a potential ankle injury that he might have had. Um, that was an old injury that he had that might be, you know, flaring up again. So he's probably a little bit away. Um, but a few fantasy options in this team. Do you want to? Do you want to take me through your thoughts? Yeah, poor old Johnny. He um, he couldn't make it over there in time. Maybe he's injured. Who knows? But um, yeah, won't be starting the season, which presents probably the most interesting option here. I think is Sean Bloor. Um, he's based on price two fifty k. Looking at this bench, you know, twelve's not an edge. Capoa is a center. Jake Simpson is hooker. I'm pretty sure Pole is a, a middle as well. So you'd think that Sean Bloor plays eighty here on the edge. Um, you know, to guarantee him at least kind of thirty five, forty points at basement, that's yeah, that's money. Even if John Bateman was to come back in a couple of weeks and take his spot, Sean Bloor, you wouldn't think he loses the spot altogether um, firstly, but gives him a couple of weeks to price rise and even three or four weeks when you're basement and scoring, you know, in thirties, definitely some money to make for you there. Yeah, absolutely. And they did play, they did play Asu Kapoa through the, through the back row um, in the trial oh, game. Yeah. So there probably is going to be a rotation there, I think with Kapoa, but the fact that they've started with Bloor means that he should get decent minutes anyway. So if you expect him to get, you know, 40 to 50 minutes with Kapoa giving him a spell, that probably means that he should score, you know, at least a 30, um, which is plenty of cash to make considering his basement price. So at basement price, what, his average, oh, his break-even will be 17 or 17 or 18. So if he scores 30, 10 points above, should make you an easy 100K over the first few rounds as long as he kind of holds Bateman away <laughs> or Bateman takes a bit of time to return, basically. Yeah, I think he's one, you know, basement. It's a pretty easy risk to take. Not a bad one to have in there and just see what happens with it. He's 10% owned at the moment. You'd imagine that guy rockets and probably not one that you want to miss out on. Yeah, as Jeffrey's just added to the chat, yeah, just another edge to add to the list of edges that... We've had over the last couple of teams. Just another edge, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, obviously, the other player that I was kind of keeping an eye on in this team was Adam Dewey as well. Obviously, he's going to be starting um, at 5'8", and his average in fantasy at the moment is only 50, and that's with all of his you know games off the bench um, included as well, and his games at centres, at, at, in the centres. Um, over the last two seasons, when he's played... In the halves, he averages 61, so presents some very good value in the halves, especially with Nico Hines out. Um, probably a good sideways move there from Hines to Dewey or even Hines to Munster with um, Pappenhausen out. You've probably seen Munster plays at fullback a little bit as well, so some options there to go if you if you had Nico Hines in your team and are looking for someone else to go for. Yeah, I, he's pretty locked into my team. As soon as I heard the Nico news, he was uh, pretty much locked in. So, yeah, really like Dewey. And yeah, unders for sure. Yeah, I think absolutely. one other thing I just wanted to touch on in this Tigers team is that um, Tommy Talau has this center spot, and actually Naden has this other center spot. So um, Tommy Talau is pretty popular as a as a basement price cheapie as well. I think you can start with him decently comfortably. Um, 
So, so yeah, he's in my team at the moment. I think now, honestly, with this news of, you know, Smith Shields, Talau, Alamotti, all kind of <laughs> basement, I might just be starting basement in my, in my centers and um, getting rid of the hammer and uh, <laughs> kind of just playing the roulette with the three of those. Yeah, I, I I really like that idea. I think your centers and your edges are probably the ones that you're playing with basement players for, and then you're you know stacking large in your in your halves and your mids at the moment. Even your your hooker position, you can probably chuck an expensive player in there as well, um, just because there's so many cheapies. Even winger fullback, because a lot of these guys are center winger fullback um, dual position players, so you can definitely kind of move them around a little bit and make sure your squads um, got the right players. Uh, in it to you know fit all these guys i think it's probably the the way to play as well from the first round especially when you want to be bringing in so many cheapies to make a bit of cash it means that you're not going to start very high up in the rankings but it doesn't matter if you've got an extra one two million in the bank to then go to guns mid-season as well so i i I like the idea there to go cheap in your centers and edges and even winger fullbacks and then just pick up big guns as you get further through the season with that cash i think yeah that's what I'm looking at at the moment. It's just, yeah, stack the rest of your team and I guess be more, uh, go cheaper in your other positions and maybe just kind of have like one or two guns, you know, like one Tedesco or Tabrojevic and then kind of a rest cheapies or a one Val and then the rest cheapies. I definitely would be kind of going two mid mid-rangers in your centers or like even a like two plus guns in your wing of fullback or two guns in your centers i think you just gotta be cheap and then you can spend up elsewhere yeah we just had a question in the chat about um the point scoring system this year and which positions score better and whatnot but there really hasn't been a change since last year it was the year before that there was a bit of a points overhaul um this year i think it's still going to be pretty much the same players that offload a lot players that get plenty of tackle busts and make plenty of tackles are the players you want to stick with. So talking about some of these centers and winger fullbacks and even edges that we're kind of looking for, we want the kind of dynamic offloaders. So if we're looking at the edge position, you're probably looking at in terms of your strong offloaders, because offloads give you four points for anyone that you throw to, if you throw, if you offload to hand, you get four points. If you offload to the ground, you get two points. So you're probably looking at Bryce Cartwright and Eliasa Katoa. They're probably your two best edges for that kind of stat because they're always going to get tackles and meters as an edge, but you're probably looking at the stats that get you a bit more points, which is the offload. Is that your kind of... Do you think that's about right? Yeah, I think so, mate. That's uh, definitely how I'm looking at it. You want your your forwards in NRL Fantasy because they're the ones getting you the base. Traditionally, yeah. your good forward is going to kind of get you in the in the 40s, 50s. And then your more average center wing is going to be close to the year 30, 35s. So, yeah, obviously a big difference there. And I'd be, yeah, definitely more looking to stack your your backs with cheapies because, yeah, I guess it's just like almost luck with some of it. It's, you know, whether they fall over the line one week, catch a, you know, cross-field bomb or they don't, it's like just a bit more volatile in the position. Um, there's more kind of consistency with, banking on your Paddy Carrigans and your other guys in the front here to hit those 50 tackles. Like, it's going to change. It's not going to change week in, week out. It's going to be pretty similar. Consistent, yeah. 
I think um, also had a question about, you know, showing us our teams before the start of the season. Um, I think I might go through my team at the end of this stream just to touch it up based on the, the team list, to be honest, um, if you want to stick around for that. But before we get to that, we've kind of got to go through the last team of the round, which we haven't touched on yet, which is the Titans. So for the Titans, at fullback, we have Brimo. On the wings, we have Khan Pereira and Jojo Fafita. In the centers, Aaron Shop and Philip Sami. In the halves, Kieran Foran and Tanner Boyd. In the front row, Jamin Jolliffe and Tino Fasua Malaawi. At hooker, Sam Verrills. In the back row, David Fafita and Bo Firma. And at lock, Isaac Liu. On the bench, Jaden Campbell, Aaron Clark, Mo Fodawaka, and Joe Stimson. I think we got a bit of a look of this Titans team earlier in the week. There was a bit of a, not a leak, but I think people were pretty confident that this was going to be the team um, for the start of the season, and they were pretty much right. Um, Tino in the front row probably doesn't present much value, but I know you like the look of David Fafita and even Tanner Boyd. Um, do you want to give us your thoughts on the Titans team? Yeah, David Fafita... I think I'm still going to start with him. Now I'm going to have to see how this news affects my team. Might have too many, too many edges there. <laughs> I think David Fafita is is under still, and he's really low owned and could go even lower now. He's five percent owned, and David Fafita at five percent owned is kind of crazy. Um, you know, he could pump out three seventy plus scores in the first three weeks, and then. You're laughing and you've made a big jump in the ranks. And I think he's got the well, he's saying he's got the pedigree to do it. He's in a contract year. Could be could be huge. So one I'm still pretty keen on. Um and then yeah, Tanner Boyd, he's got this seven spot as we kind of thought. He looks like he has a pretty good role. He's got the goal kicking as well in this team. Has David Fafita there on his edge, so kind of a cool stack there if you wanted to do that as well. Yeah, quite like Tanner Boyd and the um the hooker jewel too is quite quite handy and could definitely come in handy with all these buys and stuff this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think um yeah, I think Tanner Boyd is probably gonna be the best player from this Titans team to have in terms of value. His average at half towards the back end of last year was around the 45 to 50 mark, which is about 15 points above his current average and his current break even. So there's plenty of cash there to be made as long as he holds on to this half spot. The only people knocking at the door are probably, what, Sexton and Jaden Campbell, but Campbell's not even knocking on the door of a half spot. He's probably looking at more of the fullback spot and maybe Brimo comes back into the halves and four and goes um, to the main halfback or something like that. But I feel like Tanner Boyd's got the got the you know, the keys to the castle here at the Titans to make of it what he can. And if he doesn't, then there might be a bit of a change up in the first coming rounds. But it, it depends on how the Titans go because Holbrook has a bit of a target on his back and he does need to does need to improve this squad at the moment. But another chief we haven't really talked about is Carm Pereira as well. Um had a well he got a Hattie, I think, in the in the trial game. So what are you what are your thoughts on him? Do you think he can back that up at, at the NRL level? Yeah, mate, lock him in. Um, a lot of big raps. Got wheels as well, which yeah. I think has been kind of left in this conversation. He's, yeah, super quick. Thing he's already got, you know, a hat trick in the in the preseason, I guess, was against the Dolphins. But uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, 
yeah, I think one you can just pretty lock, pretty much lock in. He's going to have a big game at one point. Just kind of ride that cash, uh, cash price, price drive, I guess, and then um, yeah. yeah, look elsewhere. Yeah, he'll he'll be like Xavier Coates last year. He'll be you know just trundling along, scoring kind of the twenties, you know, which aren't going to get you much cash. But then one week he'll come out and score a hattie, and then you'll be cheering after that. So yeah, he's just one to pick up and wait till that payoff comes through, pretty much. Um, another well, question think... we actually got through the chat was about Aaron Clark and how many minutes we think he's going to get from the bench. It might be similar to last year. What are your thoughts on Clark? Yeah, not as big of a fan on Clark this year. I guess that bench is kind of nice for him. Like he and Isaac Leo as well being named in the 13. Maybe he spends a decent amount of time there. Yeah. So I guess I would expect to see, you know, around that. 45 plus, hopefully close to 50 um, at least. But, yeah, if he's closer to that 65, um, maybe then he presents a little bit of value. But one, I'm probably just going to wait and see. He's been named on the bench. So, um, yeah, kind of a bit risky, I guess, to start the season with him. Yeah, I, I agree. Not Probably not one to start with, but... One to one to keep an eye on. If he does, you know, snatch that lock spot, it means that he'll probably potentially become a dual position player somewhere down the line and then, you know, look to pick him up. But while he's on the bench, I think he's just a watch for now and see what happens um, pretty much, especially because he's six, nearly 600K. Quite expensive to be picking up a player like that when there's so many good cheapies and better players um, lying around as well. Right, oh, yeah, that... I agree with that. Sorry, yeah. Oh yeah, mate. I agree. And yeah, what a what a mammoth we uh, we finally got there. Hey, eh? last team. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, a few exciting players in the mix, but pretty much, I think what we expected. To be honest, I don't think I was blown away really by any of the team lists. Like most of the selections were warranted. I I think that there's obviously some players that we're going to be looking at over the next couple of weeks in the likes of, you know, your Talaus and your Alamotis and those cheapies that we're not, we're not, well, most of them you're going to be locking in from round one, but some of them that aren't, you're not going to lock in, maybe some of your edge players like your Liero or your Katoa that you kind of got to keep an eye on and see if they play well and then look to pick them up. But um, from round one should be, should be pretty interesting. Some of these players, I don't know. Do you, happen to have the stream up by chance i'm gonna chuck up my team and we can have a little bit of a flick through it if you want to if you want to join in yeah sure you're a little bit delayed but um it's all right yeah man i should be able to have a have a solid look at it right guys if you have any questions as well while you're on the while you're on the chat just feel free to flick them into the chat we'll we'll uh, we'll go through them as we look through um our teams if you have any questions about the team list as well i saw the one about denny levi there we've already kind of touched on him and thought he's a one to just keep an eye on as well. But um, yeah, if you have any questions as we go through some of the players, feel free to shout out. Um, so currently this is my team at the moment, obviously not having seen any of the team list, but I was predicting that some of the players might get named the likes of Bryce Cartwright and Smith Shields. And obviously Katoa got named earlier in the year, but I guess just your initial thoughts from seeing my team, do you have any, do you, I mean, first of all, do you like the look of it to start? Looks rubbish, mate. Not sure I if I agree with anything you've done here. Um, no, nah, looking pretty pretty close to, to mine, honestly. 
there's, you know, a couple of, I guess, additions we've got now. Probably guys like Tyrell Sloan for me now with some extra cheapies named, uh, probably out of my team and or jumping back on him. Um, but yeah, mate, pretty similar to mine and um, hopefully keeps you in pretty good stead. Anyone else you want to like discuss about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe thinking of now that there's a few different changes. I mean, the one that, the one that I really wanted to talk about, I, like you said, I, I'm not sure about Sloan. I'm also not sure about Ray Stone at this point. I'm thinking to get Kepi in, but I, I just, I don't know. Just I'm basing it off last year. So Tyrell Sloan last year, looking at his stats in the first couple of rounds would was bleak like he was definitely definitely the player that you didn't want to have in your team especially considering he started at like 600k last year was dropping cash like crazy and then he completely got cut from the squad this year he started just as bad in the trials um obviously we don't get to see the dragons team from round one but we're expecting him to be the fullback and i was just thinking in saving a trade by having him especially because he's basement price but i think you're right. There's so many better players there. And same with Ray Stone, I guess, in the fact that there's so many better players that you don't really want to be looking um, at those guys either to start the season. Um, I'm just reading some of the questions coming through in the chat, like who we would prefer over Dewey and Burton. I think it's obvious for both of us. We've both got Dewey in our teams. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think there's just better options. Like I think I'm probably going to start with a Kepi now over Ray Stone. It just seems like it makes more sense. And I'm, I don't know, in terms of a fullback, Heimel Hunt is now screaming at me as an option just based on his previous scores um, on the wing as well. He's not been a bad scorer at all. Wow, doing some live trading. I like it. Um, <laughs> Got to do it at some I point. I think right? one thing interesting that could potentially happen with Sloan and get him into my team, like if we try and do a... I guess around one loop and see like if that that might affect things for me if I do, yeah. a, do a loop to start he's like a pretty nice one he's got a buy first up you know he's going to get a spot or well, we're pretty confident he's going to get a spot come round one because they pretty much don't have anyone else who would play fullback um, with Ramsey out for the year it's um and I guess just to explain it so I guess how Daniel's team is situated at the moment if Bryce Cartwright was to have a huge game round one and, uh, you know, go 50-plus or something like that, then you could potentially look at putting in Sloan instead of Hunt and because um, Sloan doesn't play the first round, yep. Bryce Cartwright's point will go into the interchange for you. So, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I like guys like Primal Hunt a little bit more, so... Yeah, that's exactly why I had Sloan to start the season because I thought that's a perfect number 17 to chuck in, see how Bryce Cartwright goes on uh, on Thursday night and then an easy, easy, um, like, let keep Sloan, otherwise trade someone else in because I think that it's still going to be unlimited trades throughout the round as well. So you can easily just pick up a different player if um, if Cartwright doesn't perform or, or whatnot. So, um, yeah, I think yeah, I'm, pretty, cool. I'm pretty comfortable with this squad after seeing the team list, to be honest. I was contemplating getting Turbo in, but now the fact that Kyle Weeks is on the bench, I think I might, I'm still worried that Turbo doesn't play 80 
just, you know, giving giving weeks a few games and definitely, you know, easing Turbo back into the season off his injury. Um, I think that makes more sense for them. But, um, yeah, first team you've seen without Garner. I literally dropped him after the trial. I think most people dropped Garner after the trial. I've got Elias Katoa in there now. I'm still kind of half on Katoa, half not on Katoa. I'm not sure if I want to go through with him or just save a bit of cash and go Matt Dury um, because that's also another option. But, yeah, there's... uh, yeah, there's a few players there actually in the edge. I don't know. There's so many good cheapies in the edge position. <laughs> I don't even have Sean Bloor in my team either. Sean Bloor, yeah, I was about to mm. say. Um, yeah, mate, very interesting. I'm like, yeah, really contemplating with my edge at the moment now as well. I've been up on about Dave Fafita for so long, but he's only only edge. Yeah. Um, be a really nice pod to have at 5%, but there's just so many other good uh, people in the position. Yeah. Um, Turbo, though, I disagree. I hate to say. I think, yeah, there's a possibility he comes and doesn't play like 80, but there's also a possibility he literally scores 80. Um, so <laughs> I I prefer to bank on Turbo on the talent, but I'm a, I've am got a crush on Turbo, so maybe that's my own bias. But I, I'm happy to, to ride that risk. I think it's one who's, yeah, Solo owned could be a really big boost for you to start the season. Yeah. I I had Turbo in my team, but there was just so many, so many cheapies to get that I I thought that it would be better to go cheap in the wing of fullbacks and then stack my mids and hooker position. Plus I've got plenty of hooker coverage. I've got Grant Boyd and Smith in my team. Like there's obviously players that I don't have in Bloor and um I have Sloan currently, but probably will get rid of him <laughs> for Hunt or someone like that. But like, yeah, there's it's hard to fit everyone, everyone in this season. To be honest, I really wanted to start with Turbo, but I there's just so much value elsewhere that I think I'm going to give him a week. And considering he does have the round two buy, I think I can give him a round, get some money from my cheapies, and then maybe look to trade up to him in round three. I probably won't as made made as much cash, but that's always an option as well. Yeah, I guess that's not a bad uh, bad option for a strategy. It gives you like a week to look at him. He's not going to hurt you too much in that one week, you wouldn't think. Um, but yeah, I guess the other option, you save a trade as well. So um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, mate. Yeah, decisions, definitely a lot, to, yeah, a lot to think about this week, I think. And over the next couple of days, we'll be just keeping an eye on any late mail and stuff that comes through. Anyone training the house down and any players that are, you know, carrying a few injuries into the first round, we'll, we'll definitely see and take that into account. For sure, yeah. Right, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, Josh, thanks everyone for, for tuning into the stream. Thanks everyone listening to this. We'll be uploading this as our podcast as well tomorrow. So um, if you want to listen to this again, feel free to um, listen to it uh, through Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcasting platforms that you listen to um we did get a couple of questions come through i might just cover them off real quick because i forgot to cover them off and they did join us in the chat so i might just do that quickly um <clears throat> uh do you think bmm is a sleeper i do not no <laughs> I, yeah uh, I think that's, that's pretty fair you just got so many other options i'm uh i'm looking elsewhere yep and thoughts on drink water Good bloke, seemingly great player. 
But yeah, so many cheapies. I think you can look elsewhere. Yeah, definitely a draft option. Righto. Thanks yeah, for watching, right. guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Beauty. Good stuff. Give me one sec, man. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Yeah, we're good.